To begin, I, I'd like to invite you to help get things started. I need to come up with a list. What are, what are the top five reasons we come to church? I'm sure there's more. We could come up with a top 10, no problem, but let's go with five for now. What are the top five reasons to come to church? This isn't family feud, but that would be fun too. This is among us. If you would, give me one. What's one, the top five reason to come? Ooh, I love all the hands. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm missing, I'm missing the sound here. Hold up, one at a time. Community. Yes, Rachel. Get to know like-minded people in the local area. Yes, Georgia. Inspiration. Sarah? Spirituality. I'm just going to go. I'm not even counting. Yes. Choir. Mm, music. Phyllis. Fellowship. Love. Yes, we're beyond five. Yes, go ahead. Food. Ooh. You can, anybody smelling these onions that are just going through the whole church? Like, woohoo. Coffee, 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 coffee. Da, 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 da. Thank you. Oh, yes, one more. Education. Education. Ooh, can't forget that one. Thank you, thank you. These are all, these are all these reasons and so many more about why we come, why we get ourselves moving on a Sunday morning, when, gosh, coffee in bed sounds just great too, right? I know, I know. I got to tell you, when we had that whole year of the recorded services, I had never known a Sunday morning without church for so long, or without having to go physically to show up and do this. I can see the appeal. But you know what? We also recognize how much we need. We need such a moment as this how much we do. I have to say, it's been such a pleasure in the last few weeks in particular to see the, the increments of church happening in so many ways, in the offers of help, in the invitations to lunch, in the simple act of visiting and listening, and so much more. The microcosm of any faith community is how we care for each other. And to witness that care is one of the great gifts of being part of a congregation. It's one of the gifts that sustains me no matter where and when I have been around a congregation, a faith community, and so on. I know, I know as we just named some of that, is at the heart of being around a body such as this for you too. And from those microcosms, we have the daily flow of church, congregation, life, uh, faith community life that shows up on whenever our faith community has their Sabbath. It could be Sunday, it could be Friday, it could be Saturday. That we gather and share in the abundance of our lives. It could be food, simply fellowship, uh, gather in sacred space, and then go out into the world and add to its healing. We are gathering in and creating and recreating a human institution. I know, some of us are like, how am I in an institution I don't know? 
But this is one of seekers, one that desires to offer comfort, where we raise the next generation, where we receive the visitors who can become members and add to the legacy. In this moment, all of this inspires our annual campaign theme for this year, Set the Table, Grow the Joy. That captures that continuous cycle of welcoming and sharing and sending out into the world again and again. This year has been a chance to discover and rediscover the meaning of religious community. This congregation in particular, of course, after being pulled in so many directions and enduring the circumstances of pandemic and social shift and social conflict and a world literally heating up. Our work includes trying to make sense of the ripples and their impact on us as a faith and as a congregation. And in this brave new world of technology, we are even more scattered than before. The measure of connection and participation has in its own way been upended. The community, the community is more than the number of people in the room. I mean, it always has been, truly, but that is even more prevalent than ever. It is more how we navigate the, the parish, if you will, the umbrella of the congregation. Now, being in the sanctuary full of people, oh, it's so good to see you all. Every week, I am still so grateful that we have people because it makes my heart sing. I know it does for so many of you. And, and the community experience is also entirely asynchronous. That's the word from the pandemic. We are out of phase with each other in so many ways, and yet still, and yet still say, I am part of the church. So our ability to be liberating, animated, and agitating is so much more needed than ever. This free mind, the open heart, the willingness to create a more compassionate and just world is more urgent than ever before. No wonder, no wonder that it can be such a challenge. It's not simply opening up the closet and saying, hey, the church is all here with all the people. It's not that simple. I know that I've been feeling a bit stuck. I know it's easy to want to find solutions, tangible, practical, you know, add to our toolkit, if you will to look to what I'm calling the if-only solutions. If only we have enough members. If only we have enough money. If only we offer the right classes, the right message. If only we do more politics, or if only we do less politics. If only we're more spiritual, or if only we're less spiritual, and who knows, and so on. It is so easy to react from a place of fear and anxiety and of simply not knowing what to do. 
That can look like offering a multitude of activities, but not connect with depth or a motivation or a horizon. But then as individuals, we also want to connect and address our own big questions. We each have them at every age. And we're susceptible to if only solutions as well, if only we read the right books, if only we joined the right group, and so on. It can be so easy to be busy and lost all at once. And at the same time, we're kind of fending off the social messages of fixing the advertising that enables us to, that says, ooh, you should consume more and you will feel better, yet doesn't actually fill the need. We are living while our world sorrows and while people harm each other every day. It can be so turned around, it can be hard to know ourselves, never mind our neighbor. So in this moment, I needed to take a, a, little, a little pause and a little movement back to try to say, what is the bigger picture, the bigger question? And my colleague Fred Wooden offered that by saying, what are we for? What is the purpose of the church? You know, the question behind the question of what brings you to church, right? the why. And his response, to free the mind, to grow the soul, to change the world. And we do this. I remember, we, we do this. We have been doing this for a long time to offer the compassionate, inclusive big tent. I mean, the methods change over time, but, but we recognize that this congregation itself, now 180 years old, Holy cow, 180. It's not what it once was in 1843 or 1943 or 2003, but it still is offering that message, that mission all the time to free the mind, to open the soul, to change the world. Or as my colleague distills that down to liberate, animate, agitate, amen. You know, I was thinking about this free the mind. I want to offer a moment on this. Last week during coffee hour with the minister, someone described coming to the Unitarian Universalist Church as liberal religion with a history lesson. Yes, there is a certain truth to that. I will own that with a measure of both pride and humility. Because, you know, I love to tell the history stories, right? But it's part of how we help ourselves free the mind, even from ourselves. You know, a few weeks ago, I spoke of the Iowa Sisterhood, the Unitarian and the Universalist women who were ministers in the great Midwest in the late 1800s and into the early 1900s, and did so in those ministries in the frontiers, traveling circuits and hundreds of miles when few men were volunteering. They had amazing ministries. They made church relevant to people's lives. They included children. They advocated for the equal treatment of women and men. And that ministry was then blocked by men who squashed 
the idea of women in ministry for the next 50 years, well into the 20th century. Free the mind indeed, especially from our own arrogance and limits, and much more. We are here to be mind-expanding, heart-revealing, to make a real difference, to do the work that is real, as Marge Piercy tells us, as to have justice be the manifestation of love, as Cornell West reminds us, to get into good trouble, as the late John Lewis instructed us, Something like with the Trans Day of Visibility, her siblings remind us that true allyship places us close enough to feel the heat and the impact. When have you been that close? How shall we be that close? And the purpose, and let me expand that the purpose of this is not just confined or guarded by one tradition, or one person, it is within any possibility of faith or community, Christian, Buddhist, Jewish, Islam, indigenous traditions, pagan traditions, humanism, ethical culture, and more. And this spirit, this liberating approach, shows up in the temple, in the church, in the ashram, in a bar, in a pool hall, by the poolside, in the library, in the dance hall, in the soup kitchen, and more. The location is anywhere. So what then is the role of this congregation, this institution accountable to other institutions, if we are? We gather in this container, this big tent that shelters and lets the renewing air flow through. The stone soup, it shows up, assembled by gift upon gift, making a greater result than its separate parts. We are the home base for the cycle of people entering, finding solace and comfort, pausing and refreshing themselves caring for others, and then bringing what has been learned and known out into the world, making that love manifest as justice. The community, the body shifts all the time based on culture and fashion and pressure and anxieties and uh, strategic planning. But always it is a place of training, nurturing, growing, and wondering, asking questions such as, what would a more economically equitable Peoria look like? How might this community better serve the larger Peoria community, better serve the lesbian, gay, bisexual, questioning plus population, knowing that every neighbor state has bills in motion that would restrict health care and outlaw the very existence of our trans and gender expansive siblings. I looked at the map, it's not pretty. How do we make love, our love and our argument and our resistance bigger? And the answers are not just for this congregation, but we are part of the work. In a place such as this, we are fed by music and stories and worship, 
by good company, by care extended in illness and sorrow and loneliness. We teach the children, we learn from each other, we play and we laugh and we mourn. We witness the hell we humans create on earth. And it is our charge to love the hell out of the world. You know, three years ago, I stepped into this sanctuary for the first time. I knew this was a place for greatness, not only because it is beautiful and it is alive with legacy and, well, it's big. It's big. But because this was an outward sign of purpose and imagination, whatever the number of people Filling the space is up to us. Filling all the spaces in person, online, on Sunday, and any and every day of the week. So we charge each other with the great purpose again and again and again, and live into this challenge and this reason for being, to free the mind, expand the heart, serve the world. And so as we go forth, I ask you and me and all of us, how shall we meet this charge of the liberal religion in this age? So let us begin to liberate, animate, and agitate. We go forth. Amen. <laughs>